Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. Tell somebody God is bigger. God is bigger. God is bigger. Man, God is. He is bigger. He is so good. He is so good. I want to talk to you today about a message that I've titled, you won't believe this, God is bigger. God is bigger. And I want to start by reading in 1 Samuel 17, if you have your Bibles, open them up, turn them on. If not, it'll be on the screens. And now next week you can bring your Bible. Turn it on, open it up, get familiar with the word of God. 1 Samuel 17, the Philistines, they now mustered their army for battle and they camped between Soko and Judah and Ezekah and Ephes Damon. Saul, he countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Goth, he came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel, and he was over nine feet tall. How many know that's a big dude right there? Like, that's a big fella, nine plus feet tall. That's a giant. I, I know a giant. I personally know a giant. Maybe you know of a giant, but I know a giant. His name is Shaquille O'Neal. He's a giant. And, uh, and he's, he's a big dude. I don't know. I think he might be seven foot something. He's a big fella. Uh, when he played for the Suns, I was his chaplain for those, those two years. And you know, part of chapel, what we do is we have a Bible study before the game, but we also have prayer. Uh, and, and, and Shaq, he, he always wanted to be, it, we would do individual prayer, but we'd do a circle prayer. He'd always need to be right next to me with his hand on my head. Right on top of my head with his fingers draped down my forehead. And he, he's a big dude. Like compared to me, it's, he's a giant. And, and I, I've been working with the NBA for 21 years. He's big. NBA players are tall. He's really tall and really big. In fact, I have a picture. I have a few pictures of us together. But this, this is a, this is, he's a big dude. And a um, couple pictures of us praying in action in the hallway, and uh, yeah, that's sweet, and you, there's a few of the guys, you see Leandro Barbosa, and Grant Hill there in the background, and, and so we're getting our prayer on, this is my, my son, that's my son on the left, that's him on the right, my son is 6'2", so that shows you how big Shaq is, with my daughter in the background, and then my, my favorite picture is the one this, he just, he just said, I'm just pick you up, I'm just gonna pick you up, and we're gonna take a picture like that. But Goliath's a big dude. He's over, uh, uh, over nine feet tall. He's almost two feet taller than the big Shactus. He is a big dude. Let's continue on. Verse four, verse five. He wore a bronze helmet, a bronze coat of mail, weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin. His dude was into bronze clearly. Then verse seven, the shaft of his spear was heavy and as thick as a weaver's beam. It was tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. Just a spearhead weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Verse 8. Goliath stood and he shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion. But you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. And if he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. And when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word today. God, you pray that you would speak to us. 
God, we pray especially that you would speak to the person sitting next to us. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, how about a round of applause for our amazing worship team who always... I want to talk to those of you today who might feel like you're up against a giant. You're facing a giant. You're looking up at the size of this giant and this giant is taunting at you and it is poking at you and it is belittling you and it is causing fear in your life. As you look up at the size of this giant, it's huge and it's terrifying and you become deeply shaken, but I came today to tell you that God is bigger. God is bigger. Say it again. God is bigger. God is bigger than the giant that you're facing. God is bigger than your fears. God is bigger than your failure. God is bigger than your disease. He's bigger than that depression. God is bigger than that divorce. God is bigger than that situation. God is bigger than your child running off wild. That prodigal child. God is bigger. Look at somebody else and tell them God is bigger. God is bigger. Look at some, some of you came to church and I can tell you need to be here. You are so rebellious that I said, look at somebody and tell them. And you just stared at me. Look at somebody and tell them God is bigger. Come on. Somebody needs that encouragement. God is bigger. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe that God is bigger? Like Shaq standing next to me, right? That giant might look big next to you, but it is small compared to our big God. That giant might look like a killer, like giant, like, like, like Goliath. He's a trained killer. That giant looks like it could kill my marriage. It looks like it could kill my opportunity or my joy, but God is bigger and God is a giant killer. God is a giant killer. He saw that giant rising up and he sees that giant falling down. And if you're facing a giant today, because I know many of you are facing a giant today. And if you're like me, I'm facing like an army of giants. I, I never feel like I'm just facing one giant. It's a bunch of giants. If you're facing giants today, I want to give you just a four-point battle plan. If you're ready, say I'm ready. ready. Number one, if you're facing a giant, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Come on, say it out loud. Be strong and courageous. Tell somebody you haven't told yet. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You don't have to say it because of you. You have to say it because of them. They need to hear it. They need somebody to encourage them. Tell them again. Be strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. The Bible says that Goliath stood on that hill every day. For 40 days straight, morning, noon, and night, taunting the Israelites. You ever feel like that? Like that freaking thing won't go away? There it is again. There it is again. There it is again. He's big. He is highly trained. He's skilled. He's a champion killer. And everybody in the Israelite army is afraid of this guy. Deeply, deeply shaken terrified. So I'm going to need some help preaching this sermon today because, because somebody needs that giant slayed and I need you to help me preach this sermon today. See giants, that's what they try to do. The devil uses giants to instill fear, to, to shake you deeply. The, the, the devil uses giants to intimidate you, to, to, to say, hey, you'll never survive this. You're not going to survive it this time. That's what the devil, he says, I'm going to overwhelm you with this giant. This one's going to crush you. 
I, I want you to feel hopeless. See, giants make you feel like you've lost the battle before you've even fought the battle. It's part of his strategy. And the Israelites were terrified, so afraid. Listen, that not one of them, not, not one, wanted any of that smoke. Not one. King Saul's like, anybody, anybody, nope, anybody. I'm, nope. I'll tell you what, I'll sweeten the pot. If anybody goes and fights the, the, the giant, I will give you one of my daughters to marry and you and your family will never have to pay taxes for the rest of your life. You know that must have been one ugly girl. Because nobody, nobody, they ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. No takers. Because you know men will do anything for a hot mama. Like, they're like, forget the taxes. I can have her. I'll put my life on the line. Nobody. This is where, this is where David comes in. Little David. David, somewhere between 13 and 15 years old. He's not even a soldier. He's not trained. He was the little brother of three of the soldiers in the Israeli army. He was a, a shepherd for his daddy. That was his job. Take care of my daddy's sheep. And one day his daddy said, David, I want you to take some food up to the commander of the army. And while you're there, I want you to check on the boys. And I want you to see what they're up to, see how they're doing. And David goes up and he checks on. And this is crazy because David cannot believe what he's seeing. He cannot believe what he's hearing. And he cannot believe what he sees in his own army that his brothers are in. And David said, who does this Philistine think he is? He's making fun of the army of the living God. Who does it? This isn't even about my brothers. This is about God almighty. Who does this man? Who does this man think he is? And David says in verse 32, your majesty. He said, your majesty, this Philistine shouldn't turn us into cowards. I'll go and fight him myself. Listen, Impact Church family, I want to tell you the same thing. This giant that you're facing should not turn you into a coward. You cannot let it turn you into a coward. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Listen, Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the answer to fear. If you didn't need courage, he wouldn't say, hey, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. I love this because courage means I stand up to it anyway. Courage means I face it anyway. Listen, if you weren't afraid, you wouldn't need courage. Now I'm afraid. The situation doesn't look so good. I am afraid. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. God, give me the strength. God, give me the courage. David, he had this perspective that this giant, it might be big, but my God is bigger. David wasn't focused on the size of the giant. He's focused on the size of his God. My God is bigger. My God is more powerful. My God is bigger. Be strong and courageous. Do you guys remember the story of Joshua? Say yes. <laughs> Joshua, there is a, a man who was in training to become the leader after Moses and Moses dies. Moses is one of the greatest leaders, by the way, who's ever lived. 
or been recorded. Moses, Moses dies. And Joshua is being installed as the new leader in Joshua chapter one. And I imagine Joshua must have had many fears. He did. He, he had some things going through his head. He probably thinking, man, I'm not Moses. There's no way I can possibly lead God's people into the promised land. How, how are we even going to get across the Jordan River? How are we going to conquer Jericho? How are we going to conquer all the other cities who are bigger and they have stronger militaries and they have strong fortresses? How are we going to do this? And in Joshua chapter one, God knew the things that are going through his mind because he gives them a pep talk. This is Joshua's locker room talk. Joshua chapter one is the ultimate locker room talk. In verse 2, he says, Joshua, my servant is dead. Moses, he's dead. He's dead. There's no, there's no going back, buddy. He's dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand. Hold on. Hold on. Part of the power of the way I read the word is that I read this word. Not like God's talking to Joshua. I'm reading it like he's talking to me. I want to read this like God is talking to you. Because right now, somebody needs to hear this. God is talking to you. God is talking to you. Tell somebody, this is for me right here. This is for me right here. God is talking to you. To you, this is for me, this is for me. No one, no one, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As you were with Moses, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then... Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you everywhere you go. Somebody say it again. That's for me right there. That's for me right there. It's a locker room talk, baby. He didn't just say one time, be strong and courageous. Where are you going? You going to stand up right in front of me, bro? Drew, you going to let him do that? Officer Drew, you going to let him do that? You going to smoke him right now? <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you got to pee or something, go, man. Just do it with strength and courage, my brother. God is good. It wasn't just once, it's three times. Bro, be strong, be courageous. You got this. Be strong, be courageous. You got this. Be strong, be courageous. You got this. 
Why? How can I be? Because I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to give you everything that I said that I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you every place your foot touches. It is yours. I will be with you. Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. Yes. You're going to fight some battles. You're going to fight some giants. But you need to be strong and courageous. Man, I think about... What is that? It's like sermon special effects. I was thinking about, I was actually having an emotional moment for a split second. I was thinking about my wife sitting by me in the hospital. When the doctor tells her that the effects of this particular stroke are irreversible. You don't think she's terrified? You don't think she's sitting there thinking like that could be my husband for the rest of his life? For the rest of my life? You know, I lost my speech. I lost my memory. I I couldn't tell you my own children's names. You don't think that she's sitting there thinking... But she was strong and she was courageous and she wasn't going to buy what a, an earthly expert told her. She was going to believe what God's word said. And that's that God is bigger. God is bigger. God is bigger. God is bigger. Be strong and courageous. Number two. Battle plan strategy number two. Don't listen to them. None of them. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Listen to him. Don't listen to them. Listen to him. Who is them? Everybody but him. When you're facing a giant, don't listen to anybody. Anybody else but him. When you got a big dream in your heart. Oh man. I want to spend some time on this. Because man I've learned. The hard way. In my own life. That life is filled. With haters. Naysayers. Critics. Doubters. You know what else I've learned. I've learned that it's always the people. Who aren't doing any freaking thing who criticize the ones who are doing everything. I've learned that it's small minds that try to kill big dreams. I've learned that it's the people who are not running after their own God-sized dream. They're trying to ruin your God-sized dream. I guess they just have plenty of time. You know what I'm saying? I guess they just had plenty of time on their hands. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Your future depends on it. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Do not give your ear to them. If David would have listened to the voices. If David would have listened to the other voices He would have never slayed the giant. Even deeper. If David would have listened to the voices. 15 years later. He would have never became king. Because he doesn't become king. Without slaying that giant. Have you ever thought in your mind. That the voices you listen to today give you your victory or your defeat tomorrow? The voices that you give your ear to today will shape the next 15 years of your life? Don't listen to them. Tell somebody he's right. He's right. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. There's always thems. 
My God, there's always thems. Always. Critics, naysayers, haters. Anytime you're up against a giant, there's all these voices. You hear lots of voices. They're going to yell at you and scream at you and taunt you and belittle you and doubt you and discourage you and try to haunt you and instill fear in you. Listen, sometimes those voices come from your enemies. But other times, they come from your own freaking family. The voices, don't listen to them because... Everybody, somebody say everybody. Everybody's got something to say, but not everybody's worth listening to. I have learned to protect my dreams with my life. I'm not telling nobody just in case. I know they love me deeply. But I can't risk having this dream shot down. I need to listen to the voice of God. Right? We've all heard these different things said, like don't take criticism from people you wouldn't take advice from. That's good. We've heard lions don't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. That's good. But guess what? Haters are going to hate. And there's only one way. There's only one way to get haters to stop hating. But you're not going to do it. Because the only way to get haters to not hate is to do nothing. You want to silence your haters? Do nothing. So I'm okay, hate. Fine, hate me. Throw your shade. Tell me how awful I am. Tell me how ungodly I am. I don't care because I'm not going to listen anyway. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. I don't care. David had these voices, you know. He had the giant's voices. And then he had the, the king, his own king. Voices. You must have went number two, I think, because that was a while, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, bro. You know what I'm saying? You sit in the front row. I mean. When when Goliath saw that David was just a a healthy, good-looking boy. Typical Scottsdale boy. (laughs) He made fun of him. Do you think I'm a dog? Goliath asked. Is that why you've come after me with the stick? He cursed David in the name of the Philistine gods. And he shouted, come on. When I'm finished with you, I'm going to feed you to the birds and the wild animals. David hears King Saul's voice. Hey, buddy. You don't don't have a chance against him. You you should not do this. You're, You're only a boy. And he's been a soldier all of his life. You're you're not gonna win this fight, man. This is what he does. You've never, you're just a boy. Voices. Nehemiah in the Bible had voices. He set out to do something great for God. I want to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. I I am moved by compassion. The walls have been down. I want to rebuild them and give God's people, God's city, 
of fortified protection. I want to rebuild the walls. And as he rebuilds these walls and he's in the middle of this project, he's on top of the wall. And critics and naysayers and haters. Bro, you never built anything in your life. It's not going to last. Who do you think you are? If a fox jumps on the wall, that thing's coming down. He received death threats. They tried to manipulate him off the wall. Now his life's in danger. His life's in danger. For doing the work of God. His life's in danger. And I, I love this response of Nehemiah because it's to me like a mic drop moment. He says in Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 3. I'm doing a great work. And I can't come down. Calm down, man. We just want to talk to you. No, 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 no. I'm doing a great work. I'm not coming down off this wall. You can criticize. You can hate. You can be a naysayer. You can belittle me. You can mock me. You can threaten to kill me. I am not coming down off this wall because I'm doing a good work. And Impact Church family, you're doing a great work. Your marriage is a great work. Don't come down. Your family It's a great work. Don't come down. Your children, they're great work. Don't come down. Your job, your dream, your career, your opportunity. Who are you to tell me about what God's told me? I'm not coming down. Because I'm doing a great work. I'm not coming down. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Because there's always going to be thems. Always. There's always going to be thems. Always. Voices telling you, you should be afraid. Voices telling you, your marriage, it's over. Voices telling you and screaming that you're a nobody. Voices telling you, you have no hope. Voices telling you, you'll never be free. Lies, 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 lies. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Because God's the truth. And God says, I am with you. And I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. And I love you. And you are everything to me. And you're going to make it. And I will get you through this. And I'm going to put this entire mess back together. Keep building. I'm not coming down. Did you just say hell yeah? That was kind of cool, actually. You're like, hell yeah. I'm good with that. I mean, it's fine. Because there's only so many words that can really say what we feel. And heck yeah, it really doesn't do the job. Yeah. I'm with you, bro. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. what a wild day number three keep my focus on the right perspective David's focus and his perspective was right I am not going to focus on That mighty giant, I'm going to focus on my mighty God. Is that giant big? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty big. My God is bigger. Is this marriage problem big? It is. Yeah, it is. But my God is bigger. Is this health situation big? Yep, it's big. My God is bigger. My God is bigger. God's power is more powerful. Keep your focus on the promises of God and not the problems of man. Sometimes, listen, sometimes it's your very own perspective. I got to go on this one. Sometimes it's your very own perspective that keeps you out of the promised land. You're blaming God, but it's your fault. Sometimes 
your own perspective. Sometimes how you see that giant is a bigger giant than the actual giant. You know, I said this two weeks ago, like some people see the glass half full and some people see the glass half empty. But I know people that the glass is full and they don't even see a drip in it. Look at that glass, man. It's overflowing. I don't see no drips. It ain't even got a drip in it. Your own mindset is the giant. Your own mindset is the giant. You cannot be a man or a woman of God and a champion for Jesus Christ without the victorious mindset. Because our God is victorious. And he has never lost a battle. He has never lost a battle. You cannot be a child of the Most High and not have a victorious mindset. It doesn't mean you're not going to face giants. But your mindset, it will make or break you. David had a different mentality. He had a different perspective. Everyone else is focused on how big this giant was. Everyone else thought Goliath was too big to hit. But David thought Goliath was too big to miss. I mean, he's big. Surely I can hit him. It's not like he's this little skinny dude. The rock's bigger than he is. Perspective. Perspective. You know what influences your perspective? Talked about this two weeks ago. Your intake. Your eyes. And your ears. God's word influences your perspective. The power of the Holy Spirit influences your perspective. But then there's all those thems that also do if you allow them to. Focus and perspective, they are powerful spiritual weapons. It's like light. Light is powerful. And the more you focus light, the more powerful it becomes. The amount of focus determines whether that light is a night light or whether it's a laser light that can cut through steel. It's all about focus. It's all about focus. The more focus, the more powerful. Like when I was a little boy, I used to be my grandma's and take the magnifying glass outside. Anybody else do that? You're morbid like me. You have a deep, dark past. You took the magnifying glass outside. Come on, raise your hands if you did that. And you found some stuff to burn. And you put the sunlight into it. You say, I'm going to light that tree, that bush, right? And you're like, that's cool. And then you found some ants, like an ant pile. And you're like, that's even cooler. Uh, and then you're like, what the heck? There's a cat. Let's try the cat. Burn the neighbor's cat. Don't act like cats are going to heaven. Cat, it's like this. These cats are weird. You know cats are weird. Hey, don't, don't get me started. You never see a dog. Like walking on the neighbor's wall at night in the backyard like like what are you doing bro this weird so you're out there torching stuff whatever it is that you're burning up it's because the focus became more intense and the more focused you are as a man of God as a woman of God the more powerful you are the, the more focused the more powerful the more focus, the more discipline in his word, the more discipline in attending church. <laughs> There's this verse in Hebrews and it says, do not forsake the assembling of the brethren. That's the King James version. It's, it's like Trav's modern day translation be like, don't, don't stop going to church. church look, look, look at somebody real quick. Look at somebody real quick and tell them you should be going to church consistently. Come on, tell them. Because some of, some of you already do. 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 
And then some of you treat church like a gym membership. (laughs) I belong to that gym. But you ain't gone since January. I belong to Impact Church. I see people in the community quite often, and they, I'm going to flip it right back on you. So I go to your church. Oh, really? When was the last time you were there? Uh, Easter? Christmas? And, and the thing about it is, like, it, it, spiritual fitness really mirrors physical fitness. Like, you can't just go to the gym once and be like, dude, I'm good now. You know what I'm saying? Like you did three sets of 10 and you're like, freak, I'm good for a year. <laughs> and, and that's what we do with, 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 with church. It's like, oh, I went, but it's like, no, no. If you go consistently, that's how you consistently grow. And that's how you consistently renew your mind. And by the way, you're not supposed to just go. You're supposed to become. You're supposed to take it with you. Get involved. Get connected. And, and this, is, this is the power of focus because we're better together. And when we come together, there's more focus. Listen, the, the, the focus is so powerful that it will make or break your future. I need to learn, train my mind to focus on faith and not fear. I need to train my mind. Listen to the voice of God. Let God's word influence my perspective. Let God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit influence my perspective. Listen, remind yourself of the past giants in your life that God has already slayed. Because your former giants tell you Everything you need to know about your future giants. And so when I look back at all the giants that God has slayed in my past. And we all got a body count of giants. And if I look back and I go, God slayed that one. God slayed that one. God slayed that one. God slayed that one. I remember when I didn't think I was going to make it through that one. But God slayed that one. And I remember when I almost didn't make it through that one. But God slayed that one. And now here I am facing this giant. And as I look back, those giants are living proof. The slaying of those giants are living proof that God's about to slay this giant too. And I know because of what God has done in my past, what God will do in my future. God did not bring you this far to drop you. I love what David says because King Saul tells David, you're only a boy. You're not a soldier. Listen, listen, listen. Verse 34. Your majesty. I take care of my father's sheep. And when one of them is dragged off by a lion or a bear, I go after it. And I beat the wild animal until it lets the sheep go. If the wild animal turns and attacks me, I grab it by the throat and I kill it. Sir, I have killed lions and bears that way. And I can kill this worthless Philistine. He shouldn't have made fun of the army of the living God. The Lord has rescued me from the claws of the lions and bears, and he will keep me safe from the hands of the Philistine. David is like, yo, I love that. He's so respectful. You know, he's like your majesty, sir. But then at the same time, he's like, let me tell you what's really going to happen. Hell yeah. I have killed. Listen, first of all, it's important to know I'm a shepherd. My job is to protect my daddy's sheep. And when a lion or bear comes, this is a good employee, y'all. This is, this is somebody who takes his crap serious. Like, 
If you're under 25, I need you to listen for a minute because the under 25s, you have a really bad reputation right now. You are lazy, you are entitled, you don't like to work hard, you're always late, you leave early, you want life given to you. Here's what I want to tell you. Take some advice from a 13 to 15 year old named David who takes his job so serious. My job is to protect my daddy's sheep. And when a lion or bear come, With my own bare hands. And not, not only that. But because I know I've done that. Because I look at my past giants. Because I can look at the giants that have been slayed in my past. I'm telling you, King. It's about to go down right now. I'm about to do it again. 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 I beat those lions and bears silly until they let my daddy's sheep go. I've grabbed them by the throat and I choked them out. And I'm going to make this godless giant choke out too. This is my kind of dude. Focus. Perspective. Focus. Perspective. Come on, let's land this plane. Number four, number four. Let God fight this battle. Look at somebody and tell them, get out of the way. Let God fight this battle because God has never lost a battle. God is your protector. God, 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 God is your protector. This is important to, to, to make sure you know God is your protector. God is your protector. Nothing else. Nothing. Not your husband, not your wife, not your mama. God is your protector. It, it says in verse 38 and 39, it says, Saul had his own military clothes and armor, and he put it on David. And he gave David a bronze helmet to wear, and David strapped on a sword, and he tried to walk around, but he wasn't used to wearing these things. And he said, I cannot move with all of this stuff on. And it doesn't matter because God's my protector. Why do I need this earthly stuff surrounding me when God's already surrounding me? And here's what we do. We go into battle as humans. And the battle's in the valley. You got the Israeli army on one hill, the Philistine army on another hill, and the battle is in the valley of Elah. Battles are always valleys. The valleys. And our life starts heading into a valley, or it gets to the bottom of the valley. And now we're in the fight of our life, and we're under absolute attack. And our marriage is under attack. And I lost my job, and I lost my investment. And I'm losing my health. And I was diagnosed with cancer. And I had a stroke. And whatever it is, you go into battle and you're getting beat up. What do we do? We try to find protection. And we go into self-preserve mode. And self-protection mode. And we try to wrap our lives with earthly things. That don't work. Man, I'll, I'll just drink a little. I, need, I just need to get a little escape. I'll just drink a little. I'll, I'll just drink a little bit more. I'll, I'll just get high. I'll get a little higher. I'll get high a little more often. It doesn't fix anything. Oh, man, it made me escape. So what? Didn't fix the problem. It didn't fix the problem. Man, I'll just hook up and get into a bad relationship. Woo! This happens way too much. I'm going through hell. What do I do? I create another hell. And I find a demon to marry or date. You're dating a demon thinking like, dude, this will get me out. No, you just, you just, what? Like, man, just, life sucks. It's so bad. I just want to eat a lot. I just want to eat a lot. <laughs> that didn't do anything for you. I want to spend money. I'm just going to shop. 
there's all these things that we turn to as humans to go into self-protect mode. And they destroy you. And I love this because David's dependent on God. You know what? I don't need that armor. I'm going to go in with God as my armor. I, I love Psalm 32, verse 7. It says, you are my hiding place. David said this. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. And then I love this. David, he answers. Goliath. And he says, you've come out to fight me with the sword and a spear and a dagger. But I, I've come to fight you in the name of the Lord all powerful. He is the God of Israel's army. And you have insulted him too. Today, the Lord will help me defeat you. Everybody here is going to see that the Lord does not need swords or spears to save his people. And the Lord always wins his battles. And he will help us defeat you. And when Goliath started forward. David ran toward him. Man, I love that. David ran toward him. He ran straight towards that giant. See, that's the difference between courage and a coward. A a coward runs away. Somebody with courage, I'm running straight at that giant. And he put a rock in his sling. And he swung that sling around by its straps. And then he let go of one strap and the rock flew and it hit Goliath on the forehead and it cracked his skull and he fell down face ground uh, down on the ground. David defeated Goliath with a sling and a rock and he killed him without even using a sword. And then David ran over and pulled out Goliath's sword and then he used it to cut off Goliath's head. You know, I love that part too. Because David could have grabbed anybody's sword. He could have got King Saul's sword. Hey, can I borrow your sword real quick? His brothers. Hey, can I borrow your sword? Nah. I think, you know what? I'm going to make a statement right here. And he pulls out the giant's sword. He uses his own weapon against him cuts off the head and he holds it up for everybody to see you know I've thought a lot about this in my own life giants aren't really about the fight there is a fight when you're in the middle of fighting against a giant it's really an anointing ceremony is taking place because it's through those battles that God anoints you for all the world to see this is my chosen one this is my chosen one this is going to be my king this is going to be my queen this is going to be my leader and I've called them and I want you all to know to you He might be a 13, 14, 15 year old boy. To you, he might only be fill in the blank. To you, they might think you're only fill in the blank. But to God, you're his anointed one. You're his anointed one. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your word that it is better than life. I know there are many people fighting against giants and standing against giants. And God, we, we've tried everything.
But the thing that we're going to try is to surrender this fight to you. God, you fight the battle for us. And we'll hide. We'll hide behind you. Because in you we find refuge, a fortress, a hiding place, healing. You are our shield. God, you fight this battle for us. God, you have never, you've never lost a battle. So God, we know you're not losing this one either. I pray for those facing giants today in their marriage. God, bring down that giant. For those that are facing giants in their their physical bodies. God, slay that giant. Heal in Jesus' name. Heal. That situation seems so big. The prodigal child. God, it seems so, so big. But it's not bigger than our big God. This addiction, God, is so big. It's so big. It's so big. God is nothing. Nothing for you. This depression, God, this depression. I, I can't even see my way out. It's, I can barely get up in the mornings, God. It's, it's just big, it's big, it's big. It, it's just shouting at me every day. God, it's not, it's not too big for you. God, this fear. God, this worry that I had just been in chronic worry mode anxious because it just seems so big it just seems so big God but God I'm taking my eyes off this situation and I'm putting them on you I'm changing my focus changing my perspective because I know I know you're going to slay this giant. I know you're going to slay this giant. I know you're going to slay this giant. This giant shall fall. This giant shall fall. You will fall in Jesus name. Because we come at you in the name of the Lord God almighty. He is the God of Israel. He is the living God of the army of Israel. He is our God. And we trust you. God, give us courage and strength. Protect our mind, our ears, our hearts, our eyes. God, let us listen to your voice. Maybe you're here today and your giant is figuring out purpose in your life. You don't even know why you're in church today. Listen, God wants a relationship with you. God loves you. God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. He loves you. God, the creator of the universe, your creator, he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Today, I want you, if that's you. You're not a Christian today, but today you say, you know what? That's me. I want to. I want to jump out, step out in faith 
and become a Christian. Give my life to Jesus Christ. Become a Jesus follower. Then I want you to just pray where you are. Pray where you are. Pray where you are. That's the beauty of this day. I don't have to pray on your behalf. You pray. You talk to God. You talk to God. God, today, I give you my life. I give you my life. God, thank you for giving me your life. Thank you for paying the price for my sins. Thank you for unconditional love. Thank you for purpose. Thank you, God, for freedom. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.